Harry talks. The tables have turned. I've. I'm getting interviewed. Yeah, you're getting interviewed. How do you feel right now? I'm actually interested to see. I put people through hours of conversation without real regard for their, you know, well-being. So <laughs> I'm like to see how much this breaks me. Yeah. Well, as our friend James outside, we, I called him as he was leaving. And you know what he said to me? He turned around and he goes, give it to him, Caitlin. <laughs> so. I don't think I'm that grilling in my interview style anyway. No, I think it's good. I think from my, from my experience on this podcast, it was great. Feedback's important. I yeah. feel like I've scared some people off. Like Lex hasn't sent me a message since I posted the interview. She's just like, oh, the up. She's still getting over it. <laughs> just still recovering. Like, it's just a... No, just kidding. She's cool. You guys had a mad chat. I really enjoyed listening to that conversation. That was one of my favorites by far. Yeah. I... Well, I guess for those who are listening to Parry Talks, I guess we don't really know a lot about you, Parry, the as a person and your kind of background in music. So I wanted to start by asking, tell me about yourself as a music journalist, where you got started, when you got started. Oh, it all began. I think it was like year nine at school and only the true ones know this. Actually, not most people knew this, but Parry's World. I started this random blog because like my partner at the time was like, you should like just review songs. Like you care so much about this shit. I'm sick of hearing about you raving about <laughs> albums and shows and stuff like you just review them yourself so i'm like you know what i might yep. so i started this like tumblr blog didn't even know what like wordpress was or any of those website things I just had on tumblr and then reviewed concerts i went to like big ones like just the craziest shows i was like well bro you killed it last night um, so just reviewing concerts, writing articles, and then hitting up artists in their DMs for interviews, which was like not a good idea, but <laughs> it works. I got some cool interviews back then. And then I'm just writing for ages, writing, writing, writing about everything. Like yep. and if an album came out that I liked, I'd write about it, literally anything. And then I just gained traction through that through school, did a bit of shit posting on that Facebook page as well. It grew like fucking big. I had this one viral post that was like massive. Ended up getting the Facebook page like 600 likes, which Ooh. is massive. Do you remember what it said? Yeah, it was like some fucking... I was just shitting on J. Cole. It was funny <laughs> as though. And it was a controversial though. Is yeah, that why it, it kind good. of blew up? I was just like shitting on J. Cole for being a mumble rapper or something. And it blew up. I damned all these shit posting pages and That's mad. went crazy. And then... It's gone viral. Yeah, I got picked up by a couple blogs. You know how it is. Yeah. Like when you're writing and stuff, people send your stuff around and... I was writing for Oz Music Scene. Yep. And my whole point, like, after that point, I was like, you know what, I don't give a shit about music. I just can't afford these tickets. So I'm like, I was writing just to get passes, which I think everyone starts there. I think Kev, who I had on as well, said that I started being a music journalist because I couldn't afford to get tickets to the shows. And then, like, before you know it, I just, like, ended up actually caring about it more than I expected to. Um, got involved in, like, all these weird underground scenes in Sydney got recruited by PS, yep. sniped by Purple Sneakers. Sniped, that's a good word. And started a podcast. And now we're here. And that's like the quick version of the story. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember your very first interview? Who was it with? It was with Ziggy Alberts. I did Ziggy Alberts' first interview ever. Yeah. For Oz Music Scene. Um, I just used to stand, at, stand him so hard. I went through my little folk phase and like I'm gonna have really long hair go to the beach and drive around Australia in a caravan type phase and 
he hit us up and was like, hey, like, saw that you reviewed some of my shows. We met a couple of times. We're looking to do, like, our first interviews. And I'm like, oh, cute. I can just wipe the tears away. I'm like, I need to focus. I need to write an interview. And gun that out. And it was just like a Q&A. Like, I sent the questions, like, in a, in a list on email. It's like, tell me which ones you want to answer and tell me which ones you don't. And, like, I didn't hear back for, like, a month and a half. I'm like, oh, no. He sacked the interview. And I was at school one day. And I got the email notification. I'm like, bro. Yeah. It was crazy. Z Albert. Fuck. That's a good first interview. Man, it was crazy because he was so small at the time. And now he's like one of the biggest Australian artists. And he's playing Holden Pavilion in like a month. Are you going along? Yeah. Hell yeah. I go to all those shows. I go to the shows and just cry. Like the whole time. I'm like, I love this human being so much. Yeah. I'm trying to get him on. Shout out. That'll be a huge Parry Talks interview. Well, it seems like a common theme throughout all of the Parry Talks interviews. So all the people that like you personally are really interested in, whether that be the, your work or their work that you're interested in or their music that you're interested in. Um, and obviously Parry Talks is something you've been thinking about for a while, but was there like a particular moment where you were like, I'm going to do this? Oh, I've Parry Talks has been like years in the making. And if you talk to my friends at school during year 12, They'd be like, I, I used to say, like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to interview people long form. And they're like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, you will. And I only had, like, the balls to start it this year. Mainly because I didn't know where I fit in, like, the music scene. Like, last year was just, like, I hardly wrote anything. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like, I cared about music still, but I was still trying to find my feet in Sydney and stuff. So I'm like, if I started a podcast now, I'd have no one to talk to because I just didn't know, you know, the place I wanted to be in. But I slowly delved into that, like the dance world and the rap world and made actual friends in the world. Like I hadn't actually made a friend in music before. It was more just like, oh, that's the industry and I'm just over here. Like I'm still a fan. Yeah. But like finding that there were like really positive personal relationships to come out of the actual music industry. I was like, hmm, I like this little world, like the underground dance scene. Yeah. And like once I set my foot in there and like became good friends with Arthur, became good friends with you, I was like, we're ready like this is it this is the time and i just like jumped straight into it not knowing what the fuck i was doing yeah it's it's hard starting up a podcast isn't it man i was sitting in fisher library shout out fisher library yeah um and me and my friend nicola were <laughs> shut up bill <laughs> um um yeah me and my friend nicola were just studying and she's like how's like your music stuff going he's like yeah i fucking hate studying right now hey i'm like yeah you should just start it i'm like I might. So I made the press release, made the logo, made the Facebook, made the website. I'm just like, yeah, like, fuck it. Like, just had to dive in. Otherwise, I would never have touched it. Yeah. And I don't think people, you know, people don't realize, but like with this podcast, you not only prepare the interviews, but you do the interviews, you produce the podcast, you do all the social media and the marketing. Like, there's a lot of work goes into it, but is this, does it feel like a lot of work to you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's rewarding, guys. Don't get me wrong. And I love this. It's everything. Put so much time and effort. But fuck, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I had no idea going into it. Because I'm just like, oh, yeah. Just sit down. Like, asking, like, questions doesn't hurt. Like, I'm pretty well-spoken. I can just talk for an hour. I probably don't have to prepare much. That's it. But just, like, every interview, like, you come in. You know, you need a photographer if you can. You need to pay the photographer. You need to set the socials up. You need to have a plan for like 12 weeks ahead because you can't just put an interview out then disappear for six weeks then put another interview out two weeks later and it'd be staggered. So it's like so much strategic planning and so much just like back scene work that people have no idea about. People just see the 
this pub and then on the interview day as well like I'll come in half an hour before the interview get comfortable with the artist give them like half an hour to get comfortable with me do the interview and talking for like two hours is not easy yeah and then after they were like oh do you want to get a beer like yeah sure it's like no I've got to edit this interview like no have a couple of beers go home you're exhausted do just a process yeah do it all over again that's tomorrow's problem yeah exactly yeah no it's just it's a lot of work but I can't complain about it, honestly. It's and so also important. from, like, the logistical standpoint, like, these are your microphones. Yeah. You know, like, all of this stuff is, you know, brought and prepared by you. Like, it's it's an operation, isn't it? It is. Well, shout out the fucking Lord Gladstone Hotel yeah. for this space because, like, wouldn't exist without this space. And it's just iconic space. So, yeah, everything's just, like, my own doing. Like, this room's fucked and I'm not in it. Yeah. It's- I was going to say, what, what keeps bringing you back to this space? Oh, it's just aren't so many memories. Like, we grew up here. Like every Friday, like we'll come here in the afternoon. It's just iconic as, yeah. and logistically as well, it's super easy. So, yeah. and every creative person in Sydney lives in this area, so it's fine like that. But it's just an iconic venue, and like I'm just so associated with it, so it makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 Sick. And I guess like you're now nine episodes deep. That's correct. As of this nine recording. or ten this yeah. is ten i think yeah this is ten um well i wanted to kind of ask can you tell me your kind of mission statement for parry talks at the start and how do you think it's changed over time uh, at the oh wow at the start i was like i'm just gonna talk to my friends i know i'm gonna run out of interviews soon but it'll be fine i'll figure it out and i just wanted to talk to my friends that i thought were cool and i thought had something to say and i thought they're doing cool shit without regard for like how many followers do you have or like how is this going to impact the brand of it? I was just having everyone on. If I knew someone that was keen to talk, I'd have them on straight away. Whereas now it's become, i like so blown away and so grateful for it, but people are interested and yep. like publicists are hitting me and people are hitting me up and it's like, I need to focus on the branding and stuff side of it. So I think it's changed a lot, but I want it to like stay at the crux of that. I'm just talking to my friends and I want to give my friends a platform that, you know, they can come on and make it, like, not so much about me, make it more of a community platform as well somehow going forward. Yeah. Which is what I've thought about a lot. Yeah. What ha- What have you thought about in terms of bringing Parry Talks from this kind of, like, audio-visual world into the physical space? Big parties. Yeah. Oh, fucking big parties. Still in the process of it. <laughs> yeah. But parties is a big one. I think that having more community-based podcast episodes as well, like, even though it is still a podcast, like having it so that it's not just me hosting or it's not just me having conversations or interviews. It's like album reviews or festival reviews or culture reviews, fashion reviews, anything like that. Or having, say, like, for example, having, like, labels coming in and doing their own chat by themselves without me involved yeah. without or just giving me, like, a creative prod, that sort of thing. So I just want to make it less about me and more about our community and Sydney as a whole. Yeah. It's yeah. only up from here, right? Hopefully, I don't know how it could go downhill. Does yeah. it get cancelled or something? But. <laughs> the bushfires bro, get too close. Man. We'll talk about that later. But I kind of wanted to ask, you talked a little bit before about Parry's World. What has the transition from kind of print to audio been like for you as a journalist? Oh, it's been the best, honestly. Yeah. So many confines by that like world. Calling someone up for a 20-minute interview and like having to recite it and make it make sense and... You know, it's just so many limitations to that to that art form Ugh, of writing, and yeah. it's just fucked. Like, like having like to call someone at eleven forty five on a Wednesday after on a Wednesday morning, yeah, 
and like build rapport with the artist, make them trust you, make them answer the questions in a way that you want them to answer them. And or, also in like 20 minutes. Exactly. In yeah. 20 minutes. Whereas yeah. this is just like, you come in, I'll grab a beer with the guests usually, but like, like, what are you up to? What's life? Like, let them build trust. Come on, dude. Like, I like a lot of people don't know this about the interviews, but I'll sit down with people for at least half an hour before we actually start recording with the mics on. So it's usually like an hour and a half to two hours of actual talking, like focused conversation. So it's just like pure, like just so much freedom. And that's the best thing about it. Yeah. And I think that's something that people don't really understand the difference between an online interview and like an interview like this is you have the chance here to, you know, personality is such a big part of it. And branding. The 20 minute interview sucks. It's painful. It's a waste of everyone's time. If you get the artists at the end of their cycle as well, mm-hmm. they probably answer the same question like 10 times. Yeah, I just, yeah. I hated it. Yeah. And like, I'd pre- it got to a point where I prefer doing Q&As over calling people because yeah. like Q&As, I could just write really long form, like creative questions and like let the artists have so much time with them and they can just write whatever they want. They can pretty much just like... They can have their publicist write the answers if they needed to. Like, because yeah. that, that was just better for everyone, I felt, by the end of it. Because it's like they got whatever they wanted out of the interview because I gave them a long list of questions and they could choose whichever ones to answer. Yeah. And like, it was just easier for me because I didn't have to sit there awkwardly on a phone call, like, yeah, I care about you. And also, you don't have to transcribe it at the end. Yeah, exactly. That That's takes the, the longest. That takes the longest. Man, when I did the feature yeah. article for the boys, for the Triple One boys, it took me fucking like four and a half hours to trans. Yeah grab like an hour and a half of conversation yeah and that was just my tipping point can you imagine ever having to transcribe a parry talks podcast and that's why i need an intern mate that'll be my intern's job that's their job i should get an intern hey how how is when's too early to get an intern do you think i don't think it's ever too early i think the question is what jobs do you have for them man transcribing transcribing i don't know if transcribing would be worth it though I don't think you need to for an audio format. No. It speaks for itself. But the socials is fucking so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully have them be able to take pictures and just like helping with this logistical stuff would be yep. nice. Yeah. Getting us waters. Like imagine we had like just like <laughs> a beer boy. delivery service. Like every 45 minutes, yep. two VBs got placed out. That's mad. That's all you could ever ask for out of life, to be honest. No, it's more the back end as well. I think that having, like if I had an intern now, they'd see a lot yeah. of like this is how this shit works the and process yeah. yeah so if someone was trying to get into you know some editorial stuff yeah like I get pumped yeah well I wanted to ask as well like what advice would you have for some a young person wanting to start up their own podcast or their own you know musically creative endeavour um get outside yeah and like people think of the music industry as like people in their like share house rooms and in offices and stuff but the best way to start it and make your get your foot in the door is like by going out yeah. go to every gig you can like find the people at the gigs and don't be afraid to say hello to people because you've seen them online and you see what they do like just have your ear to the ground hardcore like I wouldn't have any of this if I didn't like I met Caitlin at the finer things party off my nut mate <laughs> and like I just like oh you're Caitlin yeah and she's like, yeah, I was like, oh, nice to meet you. And then I saw her a couple of weeks later at this other party. And like, because you've said hello to her once, you can go up and say hello again. And then because of the second time, you feel a bit more comfortable being like, hey, I write articles too. And then from there, like she posted the thing up and she, because I am talking for you, 
but like you saw that I was out, you saw I cared about it. So it's like, it just makes the opportunity a lot easier as well. Yeah, definitely. And even with Lex, like it's so much easier. This is cheeky as well. It's so much easier for an artist to say no to an interview over an email compared to going up to them in real life and being like, hey, I love your stuff. I care about what you're doing. I have a podcast. Do you mind coming on? Yeah. And just like personal react, personal interaction is everything. So if you can get out, have you eat to the ground, know what's going on, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's key. Literally everybody I'm friends with is just by like being like, hey, like just a personal relationship. Yeah. I think it's so important. That's mad. And you've got some of your best friends, you know, that you've met out Out of well. music, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, I love the boys upstairs. They're the biggest assholes ever. <laughs> but Shut up. Yeah, like, <laughs> just like even that, I came up to them, I bought Connor a beer because I like the music. I was like, hey, bro, like, I like your tunes. It's like, oh, sick. Like, how are you today? And I'm like, oh, yeah, good. I was just at work. I was like, sick. And then we talked for like half an hour. Yeah. And then from there, I got written how many articles for them, done all their interviews for the past like four months. Personal relationships, children, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's important. And like, oh, don't even get me started on industry people that don't go out anymore. Yeah, it's like the, I feel like it's one of those, I'm very guilty of this, but like the older you get, the more you're kind of like, oh, I could just stay in. Yeah, exactly. But community is the most important yeah. thing. Oh no, I mean like, like people like starting this. out yeah. and being oh, complacent yeah. with it and then people wondering why aren't the opportunities coming for me? It's like, well, yeah. what are you doing for our scene? Like, what are you doing for our community? Yeah, exactly. It goes both ways. Exactly. Yeah. I think this community is really fostered on give and take. Yeah. You know, you can't take without giving and people will notice. Exactly. Um, and yeah, it's all just like creative and human, like intellectual labor as well. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to do someone a favor, they'll give you a favor back down the line. Yeah. And like, yeah, like don't expect to get paid either for like four years. If you're in this industry because you think you're going to earn big money, get out now, run, run. (laughs) The day Parry Talks makes its first dollar. Yeah. I'll invite all my friends over and I'll buy like a three hundred dollar bar tab the day I make one dollar from Parry Talks. That's mad. If ever. You had it. <laughs> Sponsoring Parry Talks. Um how how do you think Parry Talks draws on Parry's world? Hmm. Are there any similarities, any differences? Obviously the format, but like Yeah, um I think they've both always been fundamentally me. Like you see if you saw that website it was like this like sky blue sky these like golfing tumbler inspired tiles Love that. and from the start it's always been like my friends and what i can do with my friendships and how i can build them so that's the exact same now my taste has changed like tremendously i used to like not listen to that much hip-hop which like is the weirdest thing for me to say because like that's everything for me hardly listen to any like house or techno at all which is like so weird as yeah, well. yeah i was like into like indie stuff and so that's changed, I reckon, the most. But other than that, like, because I've been at the crux of it and I've always been the biggest fan of everything that I, whatever I've done, it's like my personality is so engraved in everything. Yeah. So that's what's the main thing that stayed the same. Who would your dream podcast guest Tyler. be? Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Why? I'd just... And why? It, like, and I say this at all my interviews, like, education. Like, I look to people, I'm like, who would teach me the most on this thing? And, like, I do this from... This is, like... It's the platform in itself is super selfish because when I started it, I was like, how can I learn more about this world without just sitting down with people and asking them massive favours to teach me about everything they know in an hour and a half? I'm like, well, I could give them publicity from it. 
So education yeah. is everything, and I feel like Tyler would teach me the most in yeah. life about anything because that man is everything. Oh, like definitely, he's ob- very obviously. You know, you're wearing your your golf shoes. It's like very obviously someone that you look up to. Yeah, he's everything. <laughs> like, and yeah, education is everything, and then yeah. um, just he's like from everything, from just the way he talks and the way he like pushes like certain colors or the like the chords he is in his music it's so intricate to my taste yeah so i'd love to be able to delve into that and see where that really comes from because like it's almost like and you've probably had this experience as well it's like is this artist writing songs and making clothes for my taste yeah like it's it's fucked like like before eagle came out i'm like i love just like a soul funk album from this man and then it came and i was like this is fucked like (laughs) it's everything you wanted and more literally and that's why I just love to dive into that and his taste is so like there's a certain level of music load that I see in him that I see in myself yeah where it's like he'll just name like he won't even call songs by their actual title it'll just be like track seven from this album like seven from like and you'll be like I know what that is yeah and people will be like what's your favourite songs from Eagle I'm like three and seven Mm. And they're like, what? I'm like, three and seven. <laughs> like, I think, and a boy is a gun. Yeah. Or like, two from Flower Boy. Like, where this flower blooms. Like, <laughs> don't even a, get me you've started. You've got it all mentally mapped. Literally, I've... What about more locally? People that you'd love to interview? More oh. Australia-wide, Sydney-wide? I just, I'd love to reconnect with Ziggy. Because yeah. I did that first interview when I was a kid and he was like busking on the streets like living homeless yeah so it's a full circle moment hey it's crazy oh yeah it would be a full circle moment well he's playing Horton Pavilion I'm still doing a a podcast in a pub so but like you're doing a podcast in a pub <laughs> yeah, you true, know true, true. this is your own this so is your I'd love thing. to reconnect with him yeah who are, like you know who are exactly what I'm about to say my like second biggest well Tyler's more for me it's more like a admiration thing yeah not so much a copy thing yeah but like more grab, I copy everything. <laughs> like oh, we've talked about this before. How like you know, Steel City has fantastic branding, and that's something that you admire about more every- grab as well. That that crew is everything for me. Yeah. Like why? Just one, the tunes are fucking banging. Like yeah. they matched my taste the whole way through. Like my first introduction to house and stuff was like lo-fi, and we got a bit so more soulful, a bit more housey. Now it's like one forty. BPM like breaks like oh yeah relentless yeah just like yeah fucking headache music and like they've mapped that perfectly their art is incredible the way they've brought like a town and a city and like mapped that onto the world is so admiring oh yeah like city baby like exactly and that's fucked and like if someone like like I'd love to be able to champion Sydney the way they've championed Newcastle because like there's absolutely nothing like it and I feel like a lot of people in our scene are so quick to be like, oh, no, I want to make music for Europe. Yeah. I want to piss off to Europe. But then they've been like, this is like Steel City Dance. It's like, we're going to take fucking Newcastle, this like town, northern New South, not town, city, northern New South Wales, and taking it to the world and throwing parties all over Europe. Like, I admire that so much. Yeah. And Jordan is... Like, more grabs the prettiest human being I've ever fucking seen in my life. <laughs> Look at this oh, haircut. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. Shout out, Jordan. I'm going to send this to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so them would be everything, I think. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I stand, like, 
I listen back cringe because I just stand these people so hard. But it's like, you know, I think there's a reason why you do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's good to talk about that. Yeah, true. I like, because yeah. like, the thing is as well, I love on the other side when I hear someone talk about something they fucking care about so much. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm doing it to someone else. The passion. Man, <laughs> I care so much about this shit. This is a bit of a like question that's going to force you to be a bit self-aware, but what impact have you noticed that Parry Talks has had? And is there, is there anything that you've noticed in particular since you've started? Uh, well, one, on my like, I don't feel I ever had, like for myself, impact on myself, I felt like I'd never been, like I've never been properly mentally fulfilled, like or mentally rewarded. Where it's like I put out so much effort and I get the same amount in reward back. Yeah. It's like the Parry Talks is the first time I've ever felt genuine reward for the hard work I've put in. Yeah. On a community point of view, um, I don't know. Hey, like people have come up to me at show at certain shows and like, oh, you do the podcast, like that's sick. Thanks for like actually giving people a voice and stuff. But right now, I like the main one that I've got is feedback from the guests. Like, yeah, that means so much to me. And like the way that like after every episode finishes, like, thank you so much. Like, I'm I'd normally be the one thanking them, but like, like thank you so much. You haven't like fucking. Like, you just give me the platform to say whatever the fuck I want for an hour. So I think that's the impact I want to be having right now. And I need to be thinking about. And the community shit will come later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully I have an impact on the community. I want this to be a community platform at heart anyway. Yeah. So hopefully our little Sydney dance scene can sort of indulge in this and be more of a part of it too. Yeah. And I think you mentioned before you wanted to take this, in, this platform into a physical space as well. Like, that's you yeah. know that you're just building on that you know yeah and it's, it comes with time parties are fun too they are fun like, i think there's an art to throwing a good party in sydney these days yeah and i haven't really been to too many shit parties venues is just really important that's the hardest thing i think since you know since the lockouts came in and all those venues closed mm. i as someone who throws parties it's like that sometimes i would not throw a party because i don't I can't find the right venue for it. And I feel yeah. like other promoters would feel the same way. And you see, like, my friends will throw parties in the same venues for six months. Yeah. And it's just, like, there's definitely not to throw a party. And definitely, I think, yeah. And, like, why stray from something that's working, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but there are good venues and they're the best. Like, Universal is, like, heaven's God sent to Sydney. Like, what would we do without that venue? Yeah. Because that's where the best shit happens by far right now. Yeah. Um, Frida's as well, close second. Yeah. But like for a fuck off club night, there's nothing better than a universal party at the moment. Yeah, for sure. What have been some good parties you've been to? Oh, maybe? that human movement one. Yeah, it was good. Shout out Eddie, baby. He's going to come on soon, I reckon. Yeah. That was so much fun. Because it, that venue blurs the lines between headline show, concert like show and club night perfectly. Yeah. So he'll come up and he was playing, he played like an hour and a half to two hours of unreleased human movement music. That's sick. And like, because we're on the label side of you, we're like, we're so proud of it. We can hear it and we can see that like these unreleased songs that no one's heard before going off, had all the visuals going as well. And then, so it was like proper headline show. It felt like a concert, felt like we were at like Metro Theatre and everyone was like super engaged. But then Bullcut was from before and Bolt was just spinning like turbo tunes and it was yes. so much fun. Everyone was just like, yes. And then Lexi and Lewin after, just like, who are like my favourite residents by far because they just play quick house. Yeah. 
And they, they bounce off each other really well, don't they? Man, just energy. Yeah. I remember, like, because I was, like, so tired. I was guiding the stage for human movement, like, running all these shit errands. Um, like, that show. So I'm exhausted just, like, waiting. Like, just for a few minutes to finish so I can go to bed. Because it's just, like, such a long day of work. Yeah. Because those shows are so much work for, like, when you're on the other side. And then they just came up to the side stage where I was standing. And they're like, hey, Harry. I'm like, how, how are you? I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm like, come on. We're about to start playing and like just brought the energy up. And then when they're on stage, the energy is incredible too. Yeah. Yeah. They play some good tracks as well. They do. They're good selectors. Selectors. Eddie Diamond had the best conversation to me about that word. I literally <laughs> spoke to her about two hours ago about this. Okay. Can you please relay to me what Eddie Diamond said? I don't, I do not remember. I have to follow up on it, but sh- like this was that out of leisure night at Harpoon Harry's, which was super fun, super hectic. And, like, she was the last person to come through as well. So I just had to navigate her through. Be like, hey, your set time's here. Here are your drink cards. Have fun. And then I was like... And then I asked her some random question. And the way Eddie is, she speaks so amazingly. Like, you ask her about one thing and she's so knowledgeable. And she'll, like, lay it all out for you and educate. Yeah. And she just went on this rant about Selector. And I'm, like, so tired. But I was so engaged. I'm like, this is the best conversation I've ever had about, like, a word. And just all these, like, origins of the word selector. I need to follow up on her about it, but it was fucking incredible. You know what she said to me? She's like, I'm really glad I got to have that conversation with him. It was really good. It was so good. Yeah. And, like, I just, I walked out after that, and she was just DJing, and I'm like, wow. I just learned <laughs> so much. But I need to follow up on it. She's yeah, the best. selector. Um, I wanted to ask as well, you've talked a little bit about Of Leisure. For context, what have you been doing outside of Parry Talks? So, I'm the, obviously Purple Sneakers sub-editor. Yeah. Sort of fallen off a bit, but summer, We're getting there. I'm going to be pumping out articles like you've never seen a boy pump out articles before. That's true. Um, and then I'm the Of Leisure intern. So yeah. shout out Lima, shout out Joel. I'm their little slave. They snuck me out um, through the podcast, actually. So they saw the podcast. They're like, hey, you work hard. You're, you care about the scene. You know so much. We need like someone on board just one day a week. I'm like, Okay, Sick. I'm gonna pull up, and then I just like go in there, help them out with all their releases. So you like Human Movement, Young Franco, Muto. Got this monster made in Paris song coming out as well. Yes. Um, and just helping, like, just trying to find out as much knowledge as I can about how people put records out and how it really works on that side. And yeah, because we manage some of these artists as well, so the management side of you as well. Yeah, and it's different with a label like Of Leisure because they're attached to a major label, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, you're seeing that entire different side of it as well. So that, that label is crazy because we have our own little corner and a little space. It's got like Of Leisure, we have like some nice decks and stuff and like we'll just be spinning like the nastiest tunes while we're all working <laughs> and stuff. And every now and then someone in, will walk in from Universal like, oh, I've got a meeting. And then we all just sit in like actual professional and stuff while like these random like, I don't even know like, people from publishing or people from PR will come in and be like, okay, so what do you guys got coming? And we're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just so, turn off this fat track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I remember we were playing, the last time someone walked in for a meeting, I was playing um, Jensen and Assembler Code, Turning Heads, and that is like the most fucking noisy song ever. And I just came and said, hey, we've got a meeting now. And Joe's like, turn it the fuck off. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, bro, I don't know. So he turned it off and then like, it was fine. But like, it really is the best of both worlds. So you get fuck off label and indie label as well yeah. in the one. So it's super interesting. Yeah, it's good. Best of both worlds. 
Hannah Montana. Um, <laughs> I know this is a question that you've been asked a million times, but I'm going to ask you on the podcast anyway. Is producing something that you've ever thought about doing? No. Yourself? What about de- or DJing? Producing a DJing, DJing is different. Yeah. I'll say this. I've, I've seen what being a touring artist does to people and their personal relationships, and I would not wish that upon anyone. So, because I'm a bit, like, not even close to being on the fence about it. I'm, like, 90%, no way, 10%. I'm not even going to, not even going to touch the 10%. Fuck that. Yeah, not even going to indulge. Yeah, because I've just seen what that does to people and it's fucked. Like, so, I'm just staying as far away as I can. Yeah. DJing is different. I've, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, you need to DJ, I'd be fucking so rich. (laughs) (laughs) Because, they're like, oh, yeah, you've got this, like, You've got, you've got so much character like not to talk myself but you've got so much character Parry. like you do so well like you dance and stuff you have good tunes I'm like hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should but if I look to throw parties and stuff I think that I definitely need to just for it to be a staple of the brand yeah like a Parry Talks DJs but never I'd never aspire to be like a big touring DJ or anything like that it'd just be for my stuff or like the support stuff for of leisure stuff like that yeah community community building yeah and like if I want to go back to back with a friend or something at one of these parties or I need a DJ for a rapper or something like that, it's obviously a good little weapon to have in the back pocket knowing how to do that shit. Yep. But yeah, I think DJing would not be good for my ego either. <laughs> like, my ego is a dangerous thing and anything to inflate it is probably not a good idea at this point. But yeah. I think you can do it. I think you have great taste. Do I have great taste though? I think you do. What would Bow I spin that? Bow boy into <laughs> Man, I just That'd have. That'd be a set. I just have dreams of opening sets with Eagles theme, like just this fucking. It just started like this one bass called like. Ah, oh, you're beautiful. Yeah. But there's a lot of there's so much world, so much crossover between hip hop and like soulful hip hop stuff, and like the soulful house stuff. Yeah. So I say I say a neat little niche. Yeah, you there can make it work. Opening. Day parties. What about them? It's just a good vibe. <laughs> True. Day party vibe. Speaking of parties, uh, what are you looking forward to in the next couple of months? Oh. Obviously that, that fucking, in January, that high Ketamar. Oh, and Black Loops? Black Loops is fucked. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go there because I've got Freddie Gibbs. Oh, sick. That night as well. So I'm going to finish up with Freddie Gibbs and go straight over. Yeah. And then just, like, just cry of yeah. happiness. Um, those finer things parties all over summer looking so much fun. Um, hmm, what else is there? There's a heap I'm going to. Oh, Lou and Lex Deluxe River Yarra. Yeah. I don't, some other people on that line that I'm forgetting as well. That is going to be so much fun. Um, because River Yarra is the goat. Like, so cool. It's like ultimate steez. Lexi's Lex. Like, she just caters to my taste so perfectly. And then Lou and ZP I love so much. So that'll be an awesome night. That's... I think on the 30th. Is that for Lewin's EP release? Yeah. yeah. Um, that night as well, we've got a little of leisure party happening as well at Cafe Lounge. We're not sort of headliner yet, but there'll be Strange Associates. Very cool. Joel will be DJing as well as of leisure DJ, so I might go up and... Have a wiki wiki. <laughs> um, that'll be fun. I'm just trying to think, hey, fuck. There's a heap of them. There's a lot going on. I think there's a good mix of club shows yeah. and like bigger shows, if that makes sense. Lost Paradise. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every year, I, like, 
I went last year and on my way out, I'm like, I'm never fucking stepping foot into Glenworth Valley again. And Fuck this. And here you are. I'll head back over for there. Human Movement's playing. Yep. Um, so I'll watch that. Hopefully get some Paratalk stuff going there. Yep. Which will be fun. Still in the works. TBA. Hitting Harbour Life this weekend. Oh, sick. <laughs> Who are you excited to see? Well, we're going with Eddie, like with Human Movement. Yep. Is Green Velvet playing or was that last year? I don't know, probably. I want to put Harbour Life on blast for a minute here. <laughs> I think Harbour Life's such an interesting festival because it, like, there are these two worlds in dance music that are so, so far apart. They're very polarising, aren't they? It's yeah. fucked because we've got, like, our yeah. underground scene we'll have big universal shows and stuff and then there's, like, Harbour Life and, like, Electric Fields where it's, like, just, like, 126 house. It's, like, yeah. Yeah. And like it's there's such a disconnect between those two worlds. And that's why I'm like super interested to see how a human movement set, which is very this side, especially with the new stuff he's putting out, yeah. fits on like a Salado and like Jumont stage. Yeah. And I think also looking at like the, the kinds of people that will go to that event, like you said, it's gonna be you know, there's that underground community. But I think the difference between the people in the crowd is there'll be people there because they're part of a community and there'll mm. be people there because it's like oh my mates are going or yeah. like oh it's cool yeah. to go but I don't think either are a bad thing no I'd love it's to be that crowd interesting crowd yeah we need like and that's yeah like even though it's shit to say this like we need our underground community to sell out yeah like we want those people to know about these events and stuff yeah because one the artists make shit tons more money when we're selling much bigger venues yeah two we make more money in the music industry yeah and then three it's just like there's no longevity in an underground scene if we're just keeping it to a little secret to ourselves. I don't like gatekeeping. No, I, I hate it. I think that is one part of this underground community that I felt really locked out of. Mm. There's a, there are, are a lot of figures that tend to be a bit gatekeepy. Yeah. And but, yeah, yeah, just like if we preach an open community, let's live up to it. Yeah, exactly. Inclusivity shouldn't just be exclusive to your community. Yeah. It should be inclusive of everyone. Yeah, don't judge yeah. people if they're not wearing pelvis or Pam. <laughs> Alright, fuck. I went to a party once and I didn't... What party was it? No, I'm not going to say it. But once I went to a party, I wasn't wearing pelvis or Pam and I felt like a fucking outlier. It's not. <laughs> and I had my long hair as well. I didn't even have my cute little house Aww. haircut. And <laughs> fucking, I felt so haircut. judged. Aww. Fuck. That sucks. No. Because you, you probably went for the music. No, nah, I didn't feel judged. <laughs> I know I'm the coolest person at every event I go to. So. You are. It's Well, it's true. You heard it here first. Um, Someone proved me wrong. <laughs> in the comments below. <laughs> Fuck, I hope no one listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've moved on. We're talking a little bit about Sydney. Uh, and, you know, we talked before. You're like nine, nine or ten episodes in. Um, and I love that you've got guests that range from being like industry professionals to curators, DJs, artists, and producers, everything in between. And although these people are really different, there's a lot of similarities between them. So I wanted to ask, have you noticed any common themes across your discussions? I found that, well, I'm attracted to people that care about the shit they do. Yeah. And because a lot of them have been friends so far, they've all had that common link. Like this isn't and they're all a lot of them are very looking forward at the moment it's like have we got the triple one boys very looking forward like yeah. they know that they haven't been so far from making it making it whatever that means finer things like Arthur's vision is so huge the triple one vision is so huge the purple sneakers vision is so huge the Lex Deluxe vision is so huge so getting people at this point where they're so passionate about what they're doing and how forward looking they are 
is what like is the main thing that I've seen come from everyone. Yeah. Even like Louisa with Athletica. Like I'm trying to think who else I've had. Nina like as well. Yeah. Like, everyone's so forward looking and I think that catching people at that stage is like made it so fun and interesting. Yeah. Rather than them being like, Oh yeah, got my publicist here. <laughs> yeah, like okay, what do you want to ask about? Yeah. What are the influences for the last album? What's changed between the last album and the new album? How'd you get your name? How'd you get your name? <laughs> Nerve as well, forgot to mention him. He's like one of the coolest people I've I've had on and he's so just excited and passionate, so Yeah. Yeah. Like that's been the common theme. Just catching people when they're about to go. Yeah. Well, with Nerve, Nerve was your first interstate guest. Yeah. And obviously, talking to a lot of people from Sydney, there's a lot of cultural shifts happening. You would have talked about that. Yeah. What was that like, having a discussion with someone outside of Sydney? What well, did you talk about? Nerve was the first person I had on that I hadn't spoken to before. Yeah. Or hadn't had a very good conversation with before, or hadn't, like, messaged before, called before, like, actually been a friend of before. You're so just a fan. It was, yeah, it was legit, well... I didn't even, like, think to hit him up. I saw the tour come out. I'm like, yeah, could be on. And then his manager was just like, hey, we love Parry Talks. Can we, like, oh, pull sick. up? And I'm like, that'd be fucking incredible. Um, so from that, like, because of that interaction and the way that they approached us, I was super confident about it. Um, but, yeah, it was super cool. I think that the differences is not a whole lot, really. Yeah. I feel like people from Sydney... I think, actually, the one thing is, I shit on Sydney a bit. People from Sydney, like so highbrow about our communities and stuff when we've achieved nothing yeah whereas people from other states can come to sydney and be like wow there's so much here there's so much more opportunity and they're a lot more grateful for the opportunities we have in this city yeah. instead of people from sydney just like oh fucking look out suck whereas <laughs> if like someone tours sydney from brisbane playing headline shows and they're super excited about oh look at all these shoes look at all these people i can collaborate with look at all these like media outlets i can hit up look at all this press i can do look at all that stuff so i think that was the main difference i reckon between like, there's a lot more Sydney optimism. Whenever he spoke about Sydney, it was super like, oh, I'm in Sydney now, so I need to make the most of this opportunity. I need to make the most of this week, this yeah. next fortnight. I've got a show in two weeks in Sydney. I need to make the most of the three days I'm here. Yeah. So that was super... The main difference, I think. I think we need to be a bit more grateful yeah. for what we have here, structurally. Definitely. And it's hard to be critical of something when you're kind of in that bubble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. I complain about this Sydney all the fucking time, so I yeah. can't say anything. Was it refreshing to have a conversation like that? It was the like best. That? That's yeah, great. I love great. that guy. He definitely opened up new eyes in terms of where this thing can go. Yeah. Because I, as I said, like, I expected to not have, not even the Triple One boys on for at least six months. Yeah. And for and them to come and then Nerve to come through as well was super inspiring. Yeah. And how has that, that change in mindset, how do you think you'll carry that going forward? I think, and like, not to be rude about it, I've got to be a lot more selective about interviews. Yeah. And like, I love all my friends and I love having them all on but going forward it's like I need to find like that proper niche for parry talks yeah it's easy to just be this broad sweeping like I'll fucking interview anyone and everyone but I think narrowing it down now is going to be super important yeah and not narrowing it down in the sense of who I can have on but more how I'm going to roll these episodes out branding wise yeah so like it's it's fun to have and have the podcast go through all these rappers when they share it on their stories but I want to tell the stories of the dance community as well super like badly so I think that figuring out how to roll that out and make sure these two things can align and maybe get some crossover going yeah is like what's changed the most about it instead of just being like I've got finer things on this week and next week I've got this rapper from Brisbane yeah I can need to figure out how to do it a bit more tactically so that I can tell every story equally yeah well now that you're like 
you're about 10 episodes deep you've had the chance to play with the format mm. work out how long it takes you to do everything so yeah you this is you've, you've Phase yeah, one is exactly. Kind of thing. It's crazy. Well, this would be yeah. a part. This would be like the first episode of Phase Two. Yeah. Nerva was sort of a bridge one. Yeah. But then Phase Two, I want it to be dancey as fuck. Yeah, sick. I want Sydney. Any turbo selectors to come through? I dare you. <laughs> Hit us up. Um, think of doing a mix series as well, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I think it's good to have ideas. Yeah, I just like asking artists for mixes. Fucking sucks. Yeah, it's hard. I've done so many of them. I love getting asked to do mixes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. A nice fun. excuse to do a mix. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Maybe just like 20 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but next phase, I want it to be nice and dancey. Yeah. And not worry so much about or how many followers or how much growth I can get from an episode or, you know, who's touring here now. Just make it like... Who's doing their thing. Yeah, let's like get people in that are cool. Yeah. Especially now that people listen that like organically. I don't need to like not just the people's fans are listening. So if I can get someone on that's doing cool shit and have them yeah. talk about life. Reach a different audience. Exactly. Yeah. Bring yeah, them to like, the Parry Talks audience. Yeah. And bringing it back to your conversations, just kind of on a macro level, uh, what do you think seem to be the most pressing issues for artists and industry folk alike right now? Well, for me and for everyone, like from a boring point of view, it's money. Yeah. I've like made like $200 in like four years of music. People don't know that shit. Like, it's fucking so hard. So making money when you're starting out as an artist or in the industry or as an interview person is fucked. It's so hard. Like, monetar- like monetizing shit is so hard. Yeah. Especially when you're doing something on such a niche level. But, like, on a more community level, I think that just, like, we're just going to maximise every opportunity we can get and be grateful for any opportunity people do get. Yeah. So, like, if you see a party go, like go to it like if you see a warehouse party or a lame party and it's safe go to it if you see an event at Frida's that you're sort of interested in go to it go to it yeah. and that way it'll fix everything but I think that Sydney is has, is well beyond its shittest time yeah so everything's on the up which is super exciting and yeah they talked a little bit ago about uh, the, the lockout laws supposedly being scrapped yeah, by phased. December but I mean whether there's only a couple of win- weeks until that window closes so whether that's going to happen who knows but what do you think a post lockout Sydney is going to look like I think it'll look a lot I think it's not going to change as much as people think I yeah. think venues will be there will be more venues and that's going to be everything but in terms of the lower level stuff yeah. but if you're interested in people that are touring internationally club shows we have the exact same people here that play in Melbourne yeah. and they'll play the same venues like not same size venues I don't think it'll change that much. I think the parties will be longer. The parties will be better. Yeah. But in terms of like, whoa, like fuck, our scene is like the best in the world now overnight. Oh, it's not going to happen. Don't expect that. And I think a lot of people are expecting lockouts to vanish and then everything being fine again. Yeah. But like things are fine now and just like embrace it and just don't think about it. Because I don't think it's going to change as much as people think. No, I think on the, on an underground level, it's not. I don't think it's going to change much because I feel like that industry is thri- or that community is thriving now more than ever. Mm. But when you look at those kind of like mid to higher tier shows, like I definitely think, I think what's needed in Sydney now is like a perception shift more than anything. Yeah, big time. Yeah. It's more, it's just like information asymmetry. Like 
people saying that the lockouts are gone is going to have like that that like mission that statement coming from the government is going to change everything more than like probably not more than but like to the same level of like the actual logistical changes yeah so when like people hear that the lockouts are gone they're going to want to go out yeah if people hear that the lockouts have fuck city they're not going to want to go out yeah so like just putting that information out there and that detailing is so important yeah yeah exactly because we talked about this on our podcast how like more than anything what's hurt what's hurt sydney has been the narrative behind the lockout laws so as soon as it's coming from an authoritative figure that oh these laws are gone yeah exactly that'll make a difference yeah yeah i kind of hope it does but i don't know how much things will change festivals are fucked though yeah don't get me started they're still talking about bringing that legislation in right yeah was that that law i think it was further up okay good um Um, Oh, don't get... Oh, I just can't. Like. Festival. What do you think... <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we can do. <laughs> like, there's no... Like, it's just so... It's such a hot topic of just, like, the wrong people having the wrong conversations. And it's swaying. With the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. Because that industry... Like, they, I think the industry unions... the Sorry, the festival unions just started, which is a good step, but, like boomers are having like a big say in this festival conversation it's like what and i think it's hard because when you look at who is impacted the most by these regulations it's the businesses that are fronting these festivals and they're not even getting a seat at the table to have these conversations with the government yeah so don't know i I just don't know the government i think you could say you could say a lot about the new south wales government and what they do but i think a common theme with them is that they will just blindly have an idea and they stick to it and they don't mm. consult anyone about it. I think this festival season is going to be super interesting in New South Wales. Yeah, what what are your what do you predict? Uh, no, I think that the Lost Paradise numbers are going to be fucking huge. Hopefully the days like this numbers are going to be huge. Yeah. Laneways um like fucking quadrupled their venue size. Yeah. Um I just want to see like the result of that and see how the perceptions change, but I don't think they will. How do you think pill testing is going to play into all of this? I don't see the New South Wales government doing shit on pill testing for ages. Oh, no way. No, well, not this, not this government. Anyway. No, exactly. So hopefully yeah. other states push it and it's like, this is the thing. It's like, even if other states, if every other state in the country said it was legal and it was working and all the reports said it's working and everyone says it's working, like at the current stage of this government, no one's going to budge. Yeah. But I do see it as a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, everywhere else is doing it. Like, how are we so far behind? Yeah. You could say that about a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> something else is far behind on a lot. No, but like Europe. Every festival in Europe. Oh, yeah. Protesting. Definitely. And Even how many Grooven. deaths do they have, you know? Even Grooven. Yeah. Grooven the Moo in ACTs further ahead than us. ACT is pretty progressive, though. They're just <laughs> Not to shit on Grooven. I just yeah. wanted to... I yeah. just don't have a dig at Groovin. I think Spilled Milk, <laughs> they were talking about yeah. potentially having it as well. Ah, it's just like, it's just another thing as well. It mm. gets people excited. Like, if you're, sh- it's just a perception thing as well. Yeah. If you're letting, if you're making going to festivals not feel like a scary environment, people are going to want to go to more festivals. Yeah. Whereas if like the narrative on festivals right now is just there's fucking cops everywhere, there's dogs everywhere, you're going to get strip searched whether you have a dog on you or not. Yeah. And that's the narrative of it. And it scares people away from festivals. And I've been yeah. scared of going to festivals because of it as well. Yeah, for sure. So, well, I think it's, we need that narrative to change. Yeah, you only have to be kind of involved in this industry to know at least one person or a friend of a friend who was illegally strip searched. Yeah, or, mood. You know, exactly. 
you only have to speak to you know a handful of people and there's 20 people that have already yeah. been wronged you know yeah let's i'm gonna tell that story T- yeah talk to me what happened working to bad friday i was reviewing for oz music scene yeah when Full was this oh bad friday this april year? long weekend this year yes yeah and this is nothing on the Bad Friday event organisers. I love that festival. That was one of the most fun I've ever had at a festival. Super positive festival. I love that place. Such a safe, great place. Walk in. I'm like so tired from that before. I had so much uni work to do. Didn't pre anything. Came by myself. I had a media lanyard. Walk in. The dog sits. I'm like fucking hell. Oh. Like I can't do this right now. I wanted to see some band on the stage. Started in like 15 minutes. I'm like here we go. So, like, they treat you like a fucking criminal. Like, this isn't, like, before they've proven anything, they're like, don't speak, put your hands together, don't move your hands, and walk, like, with us. And then, so, like, they walk you through, and your hands are like this. Like, they're just, like, locked, like, pretty much handcuffed. Because, like, if you... you. you, So, like, I accidentally move my hands like this, and I can... Like, (laughs) fucking had a knife in my throat. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, anyway. So, they walk through like that, and they put you in this, like, little fucking tent. Literally no bigger than, like... It's like a, a, meter, a meter squared kind of thing. Literally. Yeah. Put you in the tent and then the big cop fucked off back with the dog. And then I was with two younger cops, just like normal, being super cool, fucking legends. Wish I had these people's like numbers and stuff because biggest shout out. They're like, all right, we're just going to wait for this guy to come back. He's got your ID. He's just going to check your history and stuff. I'm like, yeah, sick. And he's like, you don't have any like history with drugs or possession or anything. I'm like, no, nah, I'm like zero. Yeah. Like, I don't do drugs. I don't take drugs. I don't drink. Like, that's just the narrative opposition. Like, yeah. I'm here to work. Like, yeah, look, I need to see these artists. Pass. Yeah, like, yeah. I need to see these artists. I need to help these artists with their logistics and stuff. I need to do press and stuff for these artists. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's sweet. Like, he'll come back. It'll say there's nothing. We'll tell him that. It'll be yeah. fine. And then you'll go. It's so, like, they're just giving, like, a pat down. So it's my shoes, my socks. And, like, yeah, he's sweet. Big Cop comes back with my ID. They're like, oh, no, he's here to work. He's got, does he, he has no history. And they're like, yeah. And then, the, like, the Big Cop was like, no, nah, I reckon we search him. Oh. And I'm like, mate, this is fucked. And the big cop fucks off and these like this poor girl and guy cops, so the girl cop walks out, just like gives a nod to the younger cop, like, just fucking hurry up with this. Yeah. I feel bad for this human being. So that like the young guy's like just like fucking I'll be back in thirty seconds, take your clothes off. And he's I'm like, What the fuck? This is so fucked. I felt like the biggest criminal was fucked. Like I still like go into festivals and I like scared of the dogs and shit because of it. Yeah. And then yeah, so I'm just standing in this thing fucking naked waiting for this guy to come back in. He like gives me one look, he's like just fucking give us a 12 give him a 12 he's like get some clothes on get the fuck back in the festival mate <laughs> and then it was like super quick like the strip search was super quick because the two younger cops knew that it was fucking bullshit yeah and the older cop just had some vendetta against me with my long hair and my moan fucking yeah. who knows what Were there was there a big cop presence at that festival it was fucked so the festival is literally in an alleyway so like it's think of any lane yep. or like any it's in Marrickville right yeah any normal yep. suburban street width that's how big it is and they had four cops um, just like guarding at, like at the front not like inside the festival so once you walk in there are four cops just waiting and then a cop with like a with a dog so it's like the whole way across wow so you, you can't even escape it the, the moment you walk in there's police yeah or they yeah. don't go further into the festival because fucking people shit on them and stuff yeah people start abusing them yeah but that you know obviously being strip searched there's a lot of murky laws surrounding that and yeah. like whether police actually have a right to strip search people if there's no you know if they have nothing to yeah there's there was no yeah there's no reason to suspect you of anything yeah there was no 
like reason at all. And how did that impact the rest of your festival experience? Oh, it fucked it. I had the shit to stay that day. Yeah. I'm not getting really drunk because fuck it. DMAs yeah. were sick though. Yeah. That's like good. I was like, because like that was the only thing keeping me in. I'm like, I fucking love this band so much. I'm mm. going to see them. Like it'll be fine. I just got to hang in. So I just like kept pumping beers. I wasn't really feeling it because of how fucking like racing my mind was. Yeah. And then watch DMAs, Avalanches are playing. I'm like, woo. But then when it's a bit more chill, you sort of reflect a bit more on like what happened. I'm like, fuck, I'm so fucked. Yeah. Like mentally. I need to get out. So I went to kick-ons and it's like broke at kick-ons. Ask anyone from that kick-ons. Oh. They'll know. That is just like, I'll just like done. I'm like, I yeah. need to go to bed. I'm like, I love kick-ons. <laughs> and like, so like shit was getting passed around. Everyone was having a good time. And I'm like, everyone's like, what's wrong with you, Perry? I'm like. I don't know, hey. The strip search just rattled you. Yeah, I was just like fucking done. And now yeah. I like asked my brother anything. We're walking into listen out. And I was like, oh, like, what time does like triple one start? The first I can want to see start. It's like, oh, 2.15. So I oh, need to be there by 1.30. I'm like, why? And he's like, why? It's like, oh, what if like one of us gets strip search? It's half an hour. And I'm like, and he's like, you're fucked. And I'm like, yeah, I am a bit hey. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's fucked. And how has that moment impacted any other festival experience All that you've had since then? All of them. I need to go like so early and shit. Yeah. I get mad paranoid about it. Because I just assume it's going to happen again. Yeah. Do you feel like you were unfairly targeted? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I walked in by myself. Yeah. With like long hair and a moustache. With a media pass. With a media pass. And obviously there's a stigma around people that work in the music industry that aren't the artists to take drugs in for. Yeah. The artists. Like I don't even see the dog sit to be fair. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to push that narrative. Yeah, yeah. Because the dog probably did sit. But yeah, it's It's fucked. different when you're in the situation. Yeah, I was just like so rattled by it. Yeah. But shout out to those two, like the younger cops that were being fucking legends about it. Because yeah. they didn't need to be. That's good. Yeah, they kind of, they've probably been in that situation where they go to a festival and they yeah. can see how bullshit it all is. And we got to think these people were trying to do their jobs as well. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like don't shit on a cop for doing their job unless they're being yeah. an actual dickhead about it. Yeah. But also the system itself it's is so broken. fucked. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I think it's much more easy to blame the system and it's yeah. right to blame the system rather than blame some poor individual cop that's caught in it. Definitely. Yeah. Because cops do good things normally. Yeah. Most of the, 99% of the, of the time. Some of the time. Depends who you are. Depends where you're from. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Sydney has developed a really, on just a, like a lighter note, you know, Sydney has developed a really welcoming and energised underground during this lockout era. Yeah. Uh, do you think repealing the laws will kind of compromise that no. in any way? I think that's that that scene is so secret, not in a bad way. Yeah. Like those Rimbombo parties we were talking about, or like the warehouse parties, and like Eureka did their fucking Mary Street party, and then they did the big after party after that. I don't see the fabric of that going anywhere. Yeah. Because I feel like those people and like us that are dedicated to that scene want to see like. 82 DJ like in some random fucking garage in Maricol like the, the space they have there is so nice yeah like we'll stick to that and I love that scene and I think I don't see it going anywhere yeah um unless like city ends up making so much money where Eureka or Nectar or anything like that can throw parties in fuck off venues yeah and they can make shit tons of money only then would it disappear yeah but then once they go and they sell out yeah. There's going to be a new breed of underground promoters anyway, so... Yeah, and, like, I don't want to speak for those people, but then you look at, like, the part, kind of parties that they throw and you think, is that something that they would want? Yeah. You know, like, getting those big opportunities, is that something that they Nectar did a, a big Lansdowne party, I think, two weeks ago. I feel like Lansdowne's become a real unofficial rave cave. It is. Thing. Upstairs there is really nice. Yeah, it's um, been good. 
your pelvis have a party there too so like traditionally fucking very underground of doing hard tickets now yeah um just trying to think the output after party was there last year yeah it's a good little we had our birthday there for exactly yeah yeah what a night (laughs) (laughs) you were lost that night I'm lost. I'm lost so many times on nights out. <laughs> if you find me in a night out and I don't look like I want to talk, come talk to me because I do want to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah it's true. He, he's probably like, who can I talk to? <laughs> I need something. <laughs> stimulating, stimulating. Like just like rubbing my chest, someone talk to me. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I don't think I, I see that underground scene staying strong. And even if it does disappear because they've gone on to bigger and better things and they're booking sick arcs and making shit tons of money there'll always be like a new brew coming through yeah it's a, it's a microcosm isn't it you exactly, know like yeah. you go up the food chain someone else replaces you exactly. sort of thing and there's a heap of like finer things sort of disappeared from that world because they just do 600 ticket shows now yeah but at the same time they're <laughs> still there driving is, that culture exactly but then yeah. there's still there are all these underground promoters that are just like so heavily influenced by finer things and you can tell straight away that are throwing cool parties at like bowers and stuff and doing you know international acts at sci fox and stuff yeah just cash just cash just cash um i've noticed there's a lot of other forms of like music media that has been popping up in the last couple of months like parry talks for example there's been a few documentaries as well like (laughs) her sound her story also like the ra documentary recently um how do you think other forms of media are changing the perceptions of our community well as i think it's Oh, I think in a good and a bad way I guess well not to shit on anyone but if people are making new forms of media content more people are going to be engaged with the culture so that's fine yep. all publicity is good publicity to an extent so I'm happy for independent creators and like we need them to be independent creators outside of the you know traditional media forms that we have um, to be making these documentaries or doing interviews and stuff like that or like doing it alongside FBI with FBI and working with FBI as well so I think it's good and like any sort of media publicity form that people are actually actively engaging in, whether it's just an industry platform or it's an industry big platform, not so much a consumer big platform, is good. Yeah. Like I think that RA documentary is very industry big. Yeah. I think that I'll rave about how shit it is and like whatever, but like who's gonna watch that? Our scene that knows our like internal scene that knows everything that's going on already. Yeah, and it's funny because it felt like they didn't make it for our the Sydney community they made it for people outside of the Sydney community but I feel like only people that are very well in tune with what's happening in Sydney are going to watch that documentary yeah so when I get all in my head about it like it's just like who's watching this it's like me and Joel at Of Leisure like who are pumping (laughs) out like underground releases yeah yeah it's like what impact does it have on me and him not a whole lot because we know what's going on but even then you know any independent content any independent media outlet anything like that is positive in my opinion yeah it's hard being independent media these days you would know sucks yeah no it doesn't suck it it, it does, does suck though, it yeah. does suck just trying to like keep something afloat that doesn't have influence from something else you know what i mean yeah well i've this is a copy of um he's the podcast this is just a copy this is everything is just a copy exactly yeah um, when you think about it but no i think internationally independent media is fucking everything now yeah like look at what just like the fact that joe rogan exists is fucked like that is the biggest platform for youth in the world yeah it's like netflix and joe rogan 
I've never watched Joe Rogan ever in my whole life. It's like the, 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 it's just it's just a podcast. He just sits down. He's very well informed about a heap of things, and he yeah. just talks to people about That's like it. just like cool people. Yeah, and like I love the comedy side of it because I love comedy. Yeah, but yeah, and it's just like the fact that how how big that is is fucked. And like if you look at like No Jumper, where like hip hop media traditionally is so, and like I don't really like No Jumper anymore that much. But from a structural point of view, No Jump like hip hop media is so traditional in its sense of like. There are four radio stations that every hardest hits up for their press run. Oh, yeah. They'll do these three blogs. Yeah. And then they'll fuck off. But then for an independent creator to come up, have a niche in an underground scene, and then now be on the same level as these, like, Breakfast Club and Hot 97, ridiculous. Yeah. To see that trend hopefully moving here, away from, like, the J's and stuff, would be nice. Yeah. And I hope I'm a little part of that. Yeah, I think you are. Mm. As a podcast creator, what... Could you recommend any podcasts other than Perry Talks to listen to? Oh, I don't really listen to a whole lot of, like, podcasts, hey. But if you want a fucking funny podcast, go listen to Tiny Meat Gang. That is the funniest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, it just... It's not an interview series or anything. It's not serious at all. It's just two friends that are comedians who tour together and stuff. And every week they'll just put out an episode talking about, like, fucking anything. Like, dicks. Like, anything. And it's the <laughs> best. Like, it's so hilarious and cool. Like, just chill. Yeah. But I don't really listen to a whole lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of interviews. Yeah. Like, who are your favorite interviewers? Oh, there's some good. There's some good ones, and there are some really bad ones. I think. I think, Sean Evans is fucking incredible. He's the best. I, the best. I yeah. steal so many questions from him. Hot ones. He's the hot ones host, right? Yeah. That is probably the best interview. I think it's. Ever. I think it is the best interview series. Yeah. For music right now. I agree. Um, just in general, did you see his Paul Rudd interview? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. All, all the hot ones. Like, he's incredible. He's just so in touch. He's so engaging. Um, yeah. I think Rick Rubin, any conversation Rick Rubin has with someone because of how knowledgeable he is, is the best. He, yeah. There's a conversation out now with Pharrell, and Rick Rubin just interviews Pharrell, and it's like the best thing I've ever heard. That's cool. He doesn't one even have to, to another. Yeah, he doesn't even have to say anything. They just talk. He says one word, and Pharrell goes. Um, who else is really good? I don't know, hey. Just like, I, when I watch an interview, I just want to learn about the artist. Yeah. And it's more about, like, less about what they're saying and how about how they, like, respond to certain questions or how they talk about certain topics or, you know, certain, like, li- like language styles that they use and stuff and how yeah. to learn off that. But, yeah, Rick Rubin's, like, one of the best personalities in music. And then, yeah, Sean Evans is fucking awesome as well. Yeah, he's great. Adam 22 is cool as well, like, fucking not a fan of his like personality or what he's done for that underground scene but the way he's able to captivate an audience and be his own like people watch those interviews for him equally as much as any guest that he has on yeah and to have that impact on the community is so inspiring yeah shout out him let's see um i wanted to ask going into this next phase of parry talks um have you gone back and listened to the first round of podcasts no i don't listen to them at all yeah I listen to them if I think I've said something a bit edgy yeah. and I'll go back to that spot. But when I had to cut snippets up and whenever I cut snippets out, I fuck, like I don't listen to them. I just find the spots. Yeah. I just, I just like, I feel like if I listen to them, I'm going to be too critical of them. So yeah. I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to just put them out. Whatever happens in the day happens. Yeah. Um, I want to listen to them back after the next round because I like, I'd like to compare them to something. Yeah. I think, I think being critical of your own work is important. Mm. in growth in like 
forcing yourself to grow. It's hard though. I feel like I know I'm critical right after the interview. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Or like, I know maybe set something up this way better, like right after. I feel yeah. like I don't need to listen to them back. That's good. You're aware of your yeah, kind I, of limitations. Yeah, I've shat on myself after interviews before. <laughs> um, what's going to be this fo- focus for you going into this next phase? Dance. Yeah. Do Dance, baby. baby. Well, I've got a couple of rappers on. I'm going to try get a couple cool Sydney rappers on, but I'll delay those episodes. Yeah. I just want like moguls in our Sydney dance scene to come on and talk and yeah. let us know what's good. And then just growth. And I want to learn as much as I can, especially over summer. Because, yeah. like, there's a golden opportunity where I'm literally interning at Old Leisure for two days yeah. a week. And you don't have uni. No uni. Yeah. Thank fuck. <laughs> like, I love uni to bits, don't get me wrong. I'd be nothing without it. But having a break from that is going to be so bliss. Yeah. And just working for money, going out to shows, like, for every Friday, Saturday in December, I'm going to something. And then, oh yeah, other shows. Garvey All Night at Thingo at... Um, Oxford Underground, right? Yeah, oh yeah. my god, that's going to be chaos. That's going to be sick. I'm so excited for that <laughs> night. Like, And I think that is the night before something as well. Doesn't matter. But that's like, there's a bender on there as well. Yeah. Ludes at Oxford Art Factory, January um, the 10th. Oh my god! Is that a Steel City dancer? Yeah, yeah, sick. Beacat as well on support. Um, Bobby Vibe positive too. Vibe, good lineup. Oh. <laughs> I'll be two stepping so hard, and then, but yeah, dancing, going out, engaging, learning, growth beautiful. as a person. That's beautiful. I feel like you've grown a lot since you've started this podcast. Man, I have. As a person. I've grown so much since I started at Pet Wars Sneakers. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see what I was like just before that. Like once before I started at PS. Because I think I've changed the most since then. How? How do you think you've changed? I'm so much more tired. <laughs> <laughs> I live so tired now. You're also like a week out from exam period at uni. So don't discount yourself. <laughs> no, no, yet. I'm taking the piss. I think I'm just like so much more mature in what I do. Yeah. I built a reputation before that. And during the early stages of like PS and stuff to be the party boy. And like I never wanted oh, sorry, no, <laughs> I never wanted it to like no, just pause. Yeah. One second, sorry. No, you're good. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, no, we'll just pause. I was about to say some woke shit. <laughs> but, um, what was I about to say? Um, what were we talking about? Yeah, oh yeah. So I used, I developed, anyway, so like when I started at PS, just to start the story again, I like, when I started at PS and I was going out and DJs would see me, they'd see me, I was like, oh yeah, he works in music, but he's the party boy. Yeah. Like he'll just like get fucked up and like dance and like he'll be a great vibe and like everyone loves Paz, but I feel like I've developed a very high level of like integrity and artist rapport like that I'd never expected to where it's gone from like oh yeah he's so much fun like we love Paz he's just a bundle of joy to like holy shit this guy sort of knows what he's talking about yeah and like I've changed internally because of it and still get fucked up though still have a good time (laughs) trust me if you find me out I'm still gonna be bouncing around but I'm definitely a lot more chill and self-aware you're more grounded yeah definitely yeah killing it Trying to, trying to. I'm a changed human. You are. I think you've come such a long way. I haven't matured though. I was such a child. 
But you're also young. How old are you now? 20. Yeah, you're so young. No, I think I credit that to, a lot to Limmer as well. I've been in that environment for like a month. But, like, he's a huge, like, he's a legend. Because he's, he's taught me, like, you can have fun. You can get fucked up. You can, like, go to all these parties and stuff. But you can be, still be professional as fuck and still be seen as someone that's too professional. So, I learned a lot of that from him. Yeah. Shout out, Jack Limmer. Bro, shout out, Jack Limmer. Anyone else you want to shout out? <laughs> shout out all the guests I've had on, man. Shout out everyone's still engaging. Shout out to Joel Brathy. Shut up. Joe, get the fuck on here. I think that... <laughs> oh my god, another focus as well. I want to talk about this as well. Actually, I will do a separate intro for this episode and talk about yeah. it. Shout out Joe Bratby. Shout out Lexi, Louisa, Nina. Shout out the rappers I've had on. Shout out fucking Caitlin Medcar for doing this. She didn't have to. I'm not paying her. I'm paying her in publicity. Paying for the chats. <laughs> I'm paying in publicity in plus ones. Yeah. My favourite form of payment. I love Shout out to Morgab. Daddy. Shout out out Steel City. Shout out Steel City Dances. Shout out to Tyler, the creator. Shout out to the whole hip-hop community. Shout out to Brizzy. (laughs) You! (laughs) Fairy Talks. Oh my god. We did it. Do you want to talk about anything else? I don't know. I'm trying to think. What else? That was on my notes. (laughs) That's an hour 15. Hmm. Mm. What about? Oh yeah. Speaking of independent creators, we got interview. We got interrupted then by the guy that runs this NRL podcast called Bloke in a Bar, and that's like he's broken into this like Fox Sports Channel Nine world, doing like podcasts with these like rugby league players. So that's super sick. That's a whole other world, hey. And like they just walked in, and we're just talking about podcasts I'm inspired by, and I love that podcast. And he walked in and said, "Welcome to the podcast." <laughs> I'm going to keep that in. I'll keep it in. That was great. Shout out to everyone. Thanks for listening. Perry Talks. Out.